This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. The Toronto Police Association has launched a public campaign to highlight the issue of the stress its officers are under. The union says some have reached a crisis point. And the union wants the public to weigh in with the police board. On the other hand, Chief Mark Saunders says the force has to modernize the way it deploys its resources. And he is also skeptical of the Toronto Police Association assertion that officer morale is at rock bottom. Right now, let's go to Toronto Police Association President Mike McCormick. Mike, hi. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, so you did a survey of the force, correct? Well, yeah. Well, not only uh, did we do a survey, but we have done uh, three in uh, the last year, one in December 2016, one in March 2017, and one in June 2017. Um, and in each survey, we've had uh, over 1,200 respondents and as high as uh, almost 2,000 respondents. Uh, so, you know, yes, we are uh, surveying our members. We're talking to our members. And, uh, you know, I think we're pretty in tune to what's going on out on the street with our members. Unfortunately, it appears that Chief Saunders is not. Uh-huh. And uh, you're saying uh, that there is a crisis in morale and that it has to do with staff cuts, correct? Exactly. And, and that, that's not what I'm saying. That's what our members are saying. And 93% of them in our last survey agreed that the, the, the biggest concern was the effects that we were having with significant staff shortages. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of scratching my head because uh, I've heard some of the chiefs or, or Mark Saunders' uh, assertions. And, and I looked at a, uh, a, a, a document that they put out. It's called the Toronto Police uh, Service Strategic Analysis and Resource Requirements, and this is a final report put out August 12th, uh, 2013. And, you know, they're talking uh, about exactly what we're talking about. So for the chief to say he's, he doesn't know, there's comments in there like we don't have enough manpower to do anything proactive. Well, 2013, um, that was before Mark Saunders came. No, this, this is, uh, you know, again, yeah, but this is what was building up a to say that you don't know that there's a morale problem or you don't know that this is going on, again, uh, I, I have to my, say that the, the, the chief is out of touch. And, and again, you know, not only did we do surveys, we did uh, over uh, a dozen focus groups with our members. Uh, we're out there talking to our members every day. And, it, you know, uh, everything is consistent. We have uh, a very very, uh, and like I said, a crisis in, in a morale issue right now. Uh, okay, I'm going to give uh, the numbers out in case our listeners want to weigh in on this, whether sure. uh, they agree with the Toronto Police Association. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I'm talking to Toronto Police Association President Mike McCormick, who says there is a crisis. It's because of staff cuts. Uh, the police chief disagrees. He is on the record saying uh, that the 
police service has to be modernized and uh, officers have to be moved from uh, areas where maybe they're not needed to make sure they're deployed exactly where they are needed, got to use technology. Um, He also says, uh, in contradiction of what uh, Mike McCormick says, that that there is no particular increase in attrition in people, people leaving and joining other forces because of this. He says the rate is about normal. Mike, uh, how do you respond to that? Uh, well, well, first of all, let's, let's do this in sort of, uh, of an order here. Um, we're not opposed to modernization. We're not opposed to uh, a transformation that's done in a proper way um, where you have an infrastructure sort of uh, leading to up and, and you know the chief saying okay yeah we're, we have to police differently we've we've said that for years um, we're looking at all those options and what we need to be doing we have when I say we at the association we've civilianized uh, over the last couple of years uh, hundreds of traditional uniform positions so this whole notion that we're against modernization or uh, we're against transformation is totally incorrect first of all uh, and, and again, what we're saying is, okay, it has to be done in a way that is thoughtful, a way that is evidence-based and data-driven. So what they have done is they have said, okay, in 2019, here's the model of policing we will have. We'll be doing you know, 30% less calls. We'll only be doing priority calls. We'll have uh, an infrastructure, a bylaw, for instance, bylaw inspectors, other types of people to respond to these calls that we're doing today in 2017. So what they started to do is they stopped hiring uh, over two years ago. They stopped promoting, but they didn't eliminate any of these. This is a model for 2019, and we're still policing in 2017. So, you know, I, again, the, the chief's assertions that, you know, everything's just fine out on the street and that we're not understaffed and response times, uh, you know, haven't changed. Uh, he, he, you know, again, uh, we're, we're a little bit uh, shocked so that this, he would be putting if, those assertions forward because they're just not accurate. Are you saying that these changes aren't being phased in, that they're exactly. that right now things are as they were and they're exactly. suddenly going to... exactly. That, that there you go there and that's that's the problem and what we're saying is that you know they stopped hiring so in 2010 for instance we we had 500 more uniformed police officers and when he's saying oh yeah we're we're, we're right on track we're in july we have 277 people leaving this year. Out of that, over 175 are uniformed police officers. Uh, 95 of those are resignations. 36 of those are going to other police services. And, you know, for him to say that this is, you know, not, or, or this is a, an average year, it, that's just not, it's not accurate. It's the, not what true. If- one of the other things he pointed out, and, and certainly it would make sense to me, uh, is that one of the reasons people are going to other forces, it has to do with congestion, it has to do with house <laughs> prices in Toronto, and, and if people are living outside the city, it's just easier if they can work outside the city as well. Right, and, and you know what? I would agree to uh, that if I didn't have information to, uh, to to contradict it. If I was the chief and I didn't do exit interviews, for instance, with the with for instance, with those members, I could put anything in there and say anything I wanted. So what we do at the association, we do exit interviews with all these people who have resigned. And the number one issue was a lack of opportunity for promotion, a lack of uh, morale and being overworked. So, you know, if the chief wants to talk to his members and actually get the data, that would be very helpful because we have it. And we do those exit interviews with all of our members and we find out why they are leaving 
and that is the reason they are leaving. So he is totally incorrect. He, he, and like I say, in, it, this is the whole problem. There's an absence of data and absence of evidence coming from the, the chief on this issue. Okay, uh, let's hear from William in Toronto. Hi, William. I, I agree with Mr. Uh, uh, McCormick, uh, and, and my reasons for agreeing, as, as I perceive it, is that uh, uh, the admin, administration is getting in the way of policing the administration coming from uh, Chief Saunders, and uh, the police are here to protect and uh, to serve and protect the police. Are, it's a service. It's not a business, so you can't run it with that business administration. It's a service. You just have to provide the service, and I think the administration is getting in the way of the police doing their job, and this is why all the uh, things that Mr. McCormick uh, is saying are taking place. Okay, William, thank you for that. Thank you, Adam. Okay, uh, we've got Sandra in Toronto. Sandra, you have a different view. Uh, yeah, actually, I, uh, I agree with the commissioner that the uh, police force needs to be modernized. You agree with, with uh, the chief, you mean? I'm sorry, yeah, the chief. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, that uh, it definitely has to be modernized. I mean, the people who are on the police force are just people. I mean, they went to high school. They may have got some college education. However, oh, they definitely have college education these days. Right. By the way, it's really hard to get on the police force now. Okay. Yeah, considering we're not hiring, that it's next to impossible, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, even if, if you were hiring, yeah, that's... No. 85% of our people have post-secondary education, yeah. and we're now in the process of meeting with the province and raising the, the standards so that uh, anybody applying for a police position in the future will have to have a, a college or university degree. And that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I didn't yeah. realize that. That's the yeah. information for me. Yeah. Um, so, so with that being said, that's just a start. I mean, like with, with the uh, post-secondary education, what it's offering, I mean, like there's a lot of carding going on. I mean, there's been a lot of bad media, especially in Thunder Bay with the racial tensions in that city. I mean, I'm not asking you for an opinion on there. Sure, I, I don't mind. I mean, you know, first of all, as far as uh, street checks go, uh, in Toronto, for instance, uh, you know, the, the, the province changed the regulation. There were only 28 street checks put in. Our officers aren't doing them, and we've advised our officers uh, that why would you do them? Uh, we, we spoke from an association perspective and said, you know what, we, there, was, there is a value when uh, it is done uh, properly and lawfully. Uh, the community said there is too much harm to the community. The community's voice has been heard, and we're saying, you know, that outweighs the uh, investigative value, so don't do them. But we need officers on the street to do community-based policing, and this is the, the, the thing that we're scratching our heads about. Because what we're looking at is, is, yeah, all these things about, you know, better educated police officers, community-based policing, those are things that we support to transform and modernize policing. But right now what's happening, for instance, in, in 31 Division uh, last night um, at 5 o'clock p.m., we had uh, 17 calls in pending. We had a person shot, uh, uh, and we had uh, then an outstanding call for a person with a gun, and we had no officers to go because we don't have people on the front line. And that's what we're talking okay, about. We're talking that, about that right now of, in 2017. Not to, not to cut you off, but that kind sure. of ties into my point. Uh, modernizing the police force, Toronto Police Force, that not only includes in, includes information about minority groups, whether or not they're Indigenous, whether or not they're Black, uh, whether or not they're new immigrants. Mm -hmm. It also involves, or it it needs to be, have some education on people with mental health issues. I mean, well, that's a big deal. 
Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Just one more final point. Now I'll take my answer off the air. Okay. Uh, one, one more, one more thing that I wanted to say. I mean, like going back to Sammy Yatif. I mean, like just having modernizing our police force needs to include a community member when they go out on calls. Obviously, they need to be trained and they need to be protected. But I think that's something else that could be explored. So with that, I'll take my uh, que- answer off the air. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, Sandra. Uh, um, yes. Uh, just uh, to that uh, example that you brought up about yesterday, I, I just want to bring up what, how uh, the chief responded to that. And he said basically uh, that that was an anomaly and the average response time he is as it was. He's no be- He knows better. And by their own reports in, uh, again, the 2012 report, if you can find it anywhere, because I, I noticed that they've taken it off their website. 2012, this is, the, the, this is their own report. 2012 response times were used to represent the target response time of primary response unit constables. Uh, the time is approximately 16 minutes, and that's right, 16 minutes pri- for priority one calls is behind the industry standard, which is between 7 and 10 minutes. That's his own data. That's their own data. So for him to say, well, you know, it, there there hasn't been a change, their own data contradicts that statement. Uh, and again, you know, when, when I'm talking about 31 division, that's only one division. Yep. In 11 division, we only had four people. Uh, uh, on a shift in 42 division, we only had six people. And this happens every single day. We get emails every day. We look at the what they call the ICAD, which lists the pending calls. And it, it's not uncommon. There was a priority one uh, unknown trouble that was outstanding for 11 hours last night. So, you know, this whole notion that everything's fine and everybody's supporting the transformational task force, I did disagree with it. I, again, we're, it's not that we're not supporting change, and we need to get there. We've civilianized positions. We need to do things more efficiently. We get that. But you can't burn your people out and be policing a 2019 model without that infrastructure in 2017. We've got to police today, and that's all we're asking for. And uh, just before we go, Mike, um, sure. what do you want the public to do? You want the public to get involved here? Yeah, I want the public to go to our website. I want them uh, to to look at what's going on. And again, you know, for me, when I live in the city, and you know, when you need the police, I want the public to understand this is the type of policing that you're being provided. And that if the public, let me, at the end of the day, if the public say this is fine, or as to John Tory's point yesterday, well, you know, this is the change and this is what's happening, and the police better get used to it. Well, you know what? If John Tory's telling the public, you know calls waiting up uh, for days, hours, and the public says, yeah, that's great, that's the type of policing. Well, that's the type of policing we'll get. But, uh, you know, we want the public to be educated and aware, not to be, uh, you know, politicized by this. Okay, Mike McCormick, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. All right, take care. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.